Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in John chapter number 6 this morning. Uh, I, I have no stones in my pocket. I didn't come to cast a stone at anyone today. And I have to eat this before you get it. I'm not trying to scare you, just a little uh, preface to this message today. This is the salve was Wednesday night, and this is not the salve. I've heard so many things this week, it was, and Randy just leaned over to me and, and said something that he heard, and it goes right along with this message today. They asked him, uh, he was watching a game show, they asked him what would be in heaven, what they'd like to have in heaven. And some of them were so ignorant that they said a new spouse, or is that what you told me? Or a significant other as often as you wanted one, or a new car every day. That people with that mindset has no idea what this book says. They are completely, utterly ignorant to the Word of God. They have no relationship with the Lord. No one that knows the Lord Jesus Christ would ever consider the things of this world as being the prize of heaven. No way, no how. Your money won't get you there. What would it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? You'd be bankrupt forever. For eternity, you would be bankrupt. That's a bad place to be. I want you to know today, now heart's heavy on this message. I pray this will be a blessing to you. I, I was just going to, I'm going to read one verse, but then we're going to come back and I'm going to expound on the verses. John chapter 6, verse 52. My text verse today is verse number sixty. But I'm, uh, uh, let me read John 6 and 60 and then we'll come up to verse 52. John 6 and verse 60. If you found it, shout amen. amen. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this. Now I'm going, we're going to get into what they heard in just a moment. When they had heard this, said, this is an hard saying, who can hear it? I want to try to preach this morning on this, hard things to hear. Father, I love you and I thank you for the day, the time for the wonderful songs this morning. Lord, they spoke to my soul. I know that you are the Lord God Almighty. You're always good. And God, you're the shepherd. You're my keeper and my king. God, on the mountain, we can see what the valley looks like. We pray that you would bless this word today. I pray that you would fill my mouth. And guard my tongue. Help me, God, to be accurate in the Scripture. I've not come to please people, but I've come to please you. I pray you would bless and sanction your word. I pray the Holy Ghost would touch hardened hearts. I pray, God, that we'd be moved by the word of God. I pray that the hand of heaven would be upon this today. If there be a lost soul in this house today, God, the one that's backslid, cold and indifferent... I pray we would be warmed and drawn by the Spirit of God today. Use me for a little while. I'll give you praise, honor, and glory for everything that's done. And I ask it in the name that's above every name. I pray in King Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Jesus has given a great discourse here on the bread of life. He has fed 5,000 people You'll find that account given in all four of the Gospels. 
5,000 men. Now, that, there could have been a great, much greater number than that, but we know the number of men being about 5,000. Jesus has fed them with uh, uh, two fish and five loaves. Uh, Jesus can take what little you've got and turn it into a lot. Uh, he can take your, your minute amount and magnify it and multiply it and benefit others around you. Let me say this right here. If Jesus does that, he doesn't multiply you for your benefit. He blesses you to be a blessing to others. Where do you get that idea, preacher? From the Lord Jesus himself. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve. He became a servant. He said, if you want to be exalted, you become a minister or a servant. You help them that are around you. Christ will exalt you in due season. But here he's done the great discourse on the bread of life. He's fed the 5,000. In this chapter, you'll find him walking up on the sea. But then you're going to find something here concerning the bread of life that is particular to the book of John. I like John. John's probably my favorite gospel because it portrays Jesus as God. It was like the missionary was giving out tracts one day. And here come this guy. And he said, hey, I'd have me one of them New Testaments. And the guy said, can you read? He said, I can read, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to smoke it. He said, I'm going to take a, tear the pages out and roll it up and smoke it. He said, will you promise me this? Will you read the page before you smoke it? He said, I'll do that. So they, it hadn't been very long. And that guy come back and he said, hey. I need me one of them other testaments. He said, you already smoked the whole New Testament? He said, well, I smoked Matthew and I smoked Mark and I smoked Luke. But when I got to John, I just couldn't smoke John and I got saved. And if you'll give me one of them testaments, I'll keep it for the rest of my life. John is this. It portrays him. It typifies Christ is God. And we see that here. Jesus is telling these people, I'm God. Now he doesn't say it in them words, but he says this, I came from the Father. Now, in verse 52, you're going to need your Bibles today. I'm going to share a few things with you. The Jews, therefore, Jesus has told them, he said, I came down from heaven. And I'm not the manna that the, like your fathers eat. He said, I am the manna, but I'm not like your fathers who ate the manna and now is dead. The Jews, therefore, verse 52, strove among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them. Now, let me expound on something briefly. People outside, if you're here and you're unsaved today, this isn't going to make a bit of sense to you. This, you're going to be as confused by this as a, as a termite and a yo-yo. You're not going to know whether you're going up or down, round and round. But to us that are saved, and to us that's going to come back tonight and take of God's supper, this is perfectly clear. Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 53, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. They know, they know this is, this is not what he's referring to literally. 
They know this is figurative language. This is spiritually speaking. What happens when you eat something? You ingest it. You take it in. When you drink something, what do you do in order to drink it? You can't just pour it out. You pour it in. He's saying, this that I'm about to give, it's what it's going to take for you to live. Verse 54, whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Now, they thought they were living. And if you're here and you're lost, you think you're living. But you've never lived until you've tasted of Christ. You've never lived until you have spiritually drank of that fountain. Praise God. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. We're going to get into this. In a, let me just touch it now. Tonight, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. Now, this is given, this discourse is given before he orchestrated the supper. But he's doing here what the prophet's done for Paul. He spoke something that later on and not very much later is going to be perfectly clear to them. He's going to demonstrate it unto them and they're going to understand what it is he's talking about. So as Christians today, we understand that tonight when we take that little piece of bread and it's just a little piece, but that kind of bless God. Can I tell you that when you take a little piece of him, that's all you need. And we're going to take that bread and we're going to eat it. And this is my body. And we're going to take that cup. This is my cup in the New Testament of my blood. And as often as we do this, do it in remembrance of him. We're going to be reminded tonight of what Jesus done for us. Are you still here? For my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. Now if you want to know what this means, in verse 29 he said, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. In other words, you know what this is speaking of? It is by faith that we do this. We taste him, we take him by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I've never seen him. And he was not certainly talking about cannibalism. But I'm telling you, I've tasted him. I've tasted him. And the bitter cup that he drunk in my stead is a sweet cup tonight. That juice is sweet. I'm telling you, that's a sweet cup that I drink. I've tasted him. I've not seen him yet, but I'm going to. Yet he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's good right there. The only thing right about Mike McCoy is Jesus. Everything else is wrong. Everything else is wrong. He's the only thing right. Are we still here? These things said he in the synagogue. He's in Capernaum. He's in his hometown. Some have come across the sea to this meeting. He went over there and fed a bunch, and then he come back across. Some followed him over here. Hey, look, we're going. Where'd he go? 
Where, where's he at? Capernaum. Hey, I'm going to Capernaum. Where are you going? Who's over there? That guy that fed us all them fishes with all that fish and bread. Uh, that, that guy, that's the guy. I'm going to go see him. He's in Capernaum. You know what they come looking for? Something for the flesh. They come looking for something for the flesh. Make me feel better. Feed me. Heal me. I don't be satisfied. I don't be hungry. Don't suffer. Don't have any problems. I want, I want the blessing. Yeah, but what about the blesser? Oh, homo, oh, oh, long. You mean I, you mean I got to have the blesser to have the blessing? You know what the unsaved in this room are doing today? You're living under the grace of God. It is but by the grace of God that the devil hasn't come by. And here's what the destroyer come to do, or the, the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy your life, your family. He wants to train wreck your home. He want, and, and, and people fall victim to that, Brother Randy. They fall victim to that, but that's his objective today. But by the grace of God, you're here if you're unsaved today. God said this. God said, can't touch them right now. Why? Because God is long-suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is long-suffering. You know why the child molester has not been struck down and God killed him today? Because God's long-suffering. You know why the husband run around on his wife, not been struck down and killed today? God's long-suffering. You know why the wife that stole somebody's husband's not been struck down today? God's long-suffering. You know why the ch child that stole, lied, not been obedient to the parent? Treated their parents bad when their parents just give them everything they've got. You know why God's not let them be struck down? Because God's long suffering. It's going to be amazing when he gets Mike McCoy to heaven. Simply amazing. Now brings us to our text verse. It was Jesus' proclamation, but it was the Jews' pride that made these things hard things to hear. I want the fish and the bread, but I don't do nothing for him. One guy told me a long time ago, he said, look, I know how this works. I know the, he said, I know the game. He didn't really, thought he did. He said, you invite me to church all the time. I come out there and it, say I get saved. He said, just say I get saved. I said, it's by the grace of God. You, you're treading on dangerous ground, bud. Say I get saved. He said, then you, that'll be on a Sunday morning. He said, then you'll want me to come back on Sunday night. He said, then if I start coming on Sunday night, you're going to want me to come back on Wednesday night. And I said, no, I won't. He said, well, I know how it works, preacher. I said, that's it. I said, no, it won't be me wanting you to come. It'll be the Lord. I don't think I have to go all the time. You don't. 
There'll be babies walk through the gate of heaven just like the old war-battered saint. But I'm going to tell you, friend, when you stand before him and you see you're a stone with piles of crowns over his head to give back to Jesus and you stand there with only one, you're going to think when you face the king, what was I thinking? So they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? I'm just going to tell you, taking a bite of that and living forever don't sound too hard to me. It sounds like the deal of the century. Deal or no deal. Ain't that a show? Hard things to hear. You know what it is? Here it is, Brother Kev. You know what it is? You can't have it your way. You mean I can't do it my way? No. You know what Jesus says on over in John 14? What did he say? I am the There you go. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. Here's, I've been watching a lot of social media, watching a lot of blogs and things, and, and here's, what's, here's what's transpired in America. So, and I want to go on record. Is this thing back on? Are we on? Are we still down? We're on? I want to go on record saying this today, that I do not hate homosexuals or drunkards or adulterers or disobedient children or even people that break up churches or bad preachers. I don't, I don't like what to do, but I don't even hate child molesters. I pray God would save them before they meet the Lord. And that's about as horrid a crime as I think could be committed. But I want to go on record saying that is not this preacher's intent. I don't hate you. Listen. I'm like the doctor who knows you've got a tumor in the size of you, the size of a baseball, and looks at you and says, you've got a tumor the size of a baseball. But we can do something about it. I am not like this crowd that's on TV and these false churches out here today that said, ain't thing wrong with you. And you ain't got a flaw. You ain't got a knot. You don't have nothing wrong with you. Anything goes, man. Anything goes. You're all right. Hey, look here. You don't come naked to church, we won't look. That's a lie. I'm the guy that's saying, we got a problem, Chris. But I know the cure. I know the cure. And if I can get you to realize that the saying's not that hard to hear. Now, to the flesh... It sounds like a hard thing. Why would I have to choose that way? It's on, get on record of this, brother Donnie. It's not the Baptist way. It's not the way of the Church of Christ. It's not the way of the Church of God, the Pentecostals, the Lutheran, the Nazarene, and certainly not the way of Catholicism. It is not that way. It is the way, one way, Jesus' way, or the highway, my friend. That's the way it is. What made it hard for them to hear is you can't have it your way. 
Well, I want to be a Christian, but I don't want none of them Christian values. That's not his way. Here's his way. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? What's the, what's the next words? God forbid. God forbid. That means no. You know what? So this one fellow's on there. He's making fun of all the Christians. He said, these people hate us. They hate us. I'm a trans, whatever that means. And you offend me. You offend me if you don't use the right pronoun. Look here. Him and her. Jesus said in verse 61, Does this offend you? Does this bother you? That I tell you I am the only way you're going to get to heaven? Paul breaks it down, puts it in a list. Said, look, the adulterer's not going. The fornicator, the abuser of mankind, that's a sodomite. Then, then John said, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns the fire. Does this offend us? I'm glad when he offended me. When I got offended, the Holy Ghost was at the place where he could do the work. But there's a multitude that have taken offense to this and they don't want to do anything about it. And I know what it is. And, and they say, you Christians or you church people or you at the First Free Will Baptist, I'm, I, I, I'm ridiculed often. You know what they said? Here's what they said about you. Because you go here, you're one of us. Here's what he said about us. They said, they said yeah, but that, that, and they shouldn't call it this, but they do. They call it Mike McCoy's church. It's not my church. It's Jesus' church. It's your church. You know what's wrong with them over there? They're too old-fashioned. He still preaches in a necktie. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Them women dress up over there like they're going somewhere. You come into daddy's house. Offense. Jesus said it's impossible, but that offense has come. You know why it's a hard thing for them to hear? Because they can't do it their way and get there. You give me Burger King religion where I can have it my way, we'll have them lined up from here to Jamestown. I could have a big crowd next Sunday if I'd promise everybody that come got a cup of Dunkin' Donut coffee or some other coffee patch. You don't like Dunkin' Donut. But so everybody gets a cup of coffee and we got jelly, chocolate, glaze fill, whatever. We got, we're going to feed you big. We're going to do it. You come, sit in the church. And I'm not, going, I'm not even going to mention sin. Ain't going to say a thing about it. I'm not going to offend you. I could, if we went down that road, I'm telling you, we could have standing room only in two weeks. You know what I found out Jesus said? Few there be that find it. Am I glad about that? No, I wished everybody would find it. But by the understanding of the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, I understand few there be that do. 
Say, you the only church? Oh, no, no, no. Some of us aren't going. There's a church that's sitting full of people everywhere today. Some of them's going, some of them's not going. Just how it is. Jesus said in this very text, he said, well, let me read it to you. Just so you know that it's Christ that said it, not Mike McCoy. What if I see, you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth, that means make alive. The flesh profiteth nothing, that means it's going to die. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. Now these people come a long way to hear Jesus. They come all across the lake. They'd eat his bread. They wanted his blessing. But they didn't want his lifestyle. Paul said it like this, therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. Old things have passed away, behold all things become new. We're a new creation in Christ. You know what it was? You know what was a hard saying? Can't have it your way. Number two, you know why it's also a hard saying? Because you'll have to pay. It'll cost you something to be a Christian. If your Christianity hasn't cost you anything, friend, I'd do a checkup and make sure I was really born again. Amen. It'll cost you friends, family. It may cost you financially. So I'm, Hold on, preacher. You're all the time talking about give. It'll be given unto you. And, and God, and I've seen the righteous forsaken and his seed begging bread. All those things are true. But I'm telling you, on, at the get-go, God will check you He'll check you. And he'll ask you to give that $100 in your pocket and it's the only one you got to somebody that you don't think deserves it. I'm not saying everybody's checked that way, but that's a good way he checks us. And see if you'll give it and bless the Lord for being able to do it. I tried to preach about bread on the water the other night. I'm not trying to drag that out, but part of you weren't here. It'll cost you something. Jesus said, therefore, if any man come after me, here's what he's got to do. He's got to deny himself. That's hard. Take up the cross and follow me. Say, it ain't cost you nothing, preacher. I'm going to share something. I'm not whining about this. It's just how it is. Ask my wife when she went on vacation last. You know where she goes? Where we go tomorrow. We get in the car, we drive five hours away, four and a half hours away. I preach all week, we drive back home. And if you think that's vacation, you need to come with us one week. She takes the computer and works during the day, and I keep my face in the book. We take a break at lunch, we go get something to eat, we come back to the room. I try to rest, because I preach a little different in revivals than I do as pastor. We go to church. It's a, and I'm not whining about it. I'm saying, I'm saying that if your Christianity hasn't cost you something, you need to check up and see if you've really got it. So you'll have to pay. I'm not going to pay nothing. I don't want nothing. I'll just stay where I'm at. That's right. And that's where a bunch of folk are. 
It's just hard to listen to. Hard things to hear. You can't have it your way. Yeah, but I want it my way. Too bad. Uh, you know what's wrong with that baby right there? Nothing physically wrong with that baby. You know what's wrong with the baby right now? Want her way. That's exactly what it is. I got a three-year-old grandson. You know what he wants? He walked up the freezer last week. He grabbed the door and he looked at me and he said, there's something in here I need. There's, no, I, there's nothing in you, you need. Oh, yeah, I do, Pa. He sounds like a crow. Pa, 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 Pa. I finally say, what, son, what? Come here. There's something in here I need. You don't, you just eat moments ago. Yeah, but I need it real bad. <laughs> you know what Pa does? Open the freezer door. <laughs> I said, what is it you want? Uh, one of them. The Lord says, that's just like you. Lord, 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 what? I need something. What do you need? Uh, one of them. And a lot of times, he says, okay. But every now and then he says no. And I don't know why. I just trust him. I need that job. I need that job. I need more money. We need a better house. I need a better car. We need, I need, Lord, Lord, Lord. I want it to cost you something. And when it costs you something, you know what you do? When you get it, you appreciate it. Tammy's cousin lost her home in that flood in Kentucky. I'm watching this woman on TV, and it made me cry. Here's what she said. She said, every single thing I own is gone. Everything. I have nothing but what I'm wearing. I thought about that. I thought, what if that's us and we're standing in that place? What if you took some of these children, everything they got was gone today? There was no home. There's no toy. There's no four-wheeler. There's no game, Xbox, whatever box we're on now, whatever game. None of that stuff, gone. No car. wonder how we'd respond. Now we're to the place where we say, Lord... I need something, and you watch my God. Say, you've eaten the bread before. I'm going to give you bread again. Who's that? That's my God. That's who that is. Jesus said, you eat this bread, you'll have life forever. Can't have it her way. You'll have to pay. But here's the last tonight. And I'm, I'm done with this. Here's what, here's what some of them done. Listen to this. 
From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Well, it's too hard to hear. It wasn't that they didn't understand this because in Jeremiah 31, I think it's verse 33, he said, I'll put my law in your inward parts. In other words, these that knew the law knew he's talking about putting something in them. Jesus saying, I'm what he's going to put in you. I'm the bread, take a bite and see. I'm the drink, the blood, take a bite, take a drink and see. I'm it. I'm going to put my law. He is the word manifest in the flesh, the living word of God. I'm going to put that in your inward parts. In other words, I'm going to be in you and you're going to be in me. But some couldn't. It wasn't that they didn't understand it. It's that they wouldn't accept. I ain't doing that. Okay. Can't have it your way. And you'll have to pay something. Your Christianity is going to cost you something. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with them. Jesus said, I'll give you eternal life. They wanted life here only. You know why? But you can't stay. You can't stay. You're leaving one day. As young and strong as you are right now, one of these days, old Gabe's leaving here. You can't stay. You know why they want to stay, Jay? Because they love this world. Everything, Everything centered around what I got right now, how I feel, what I get to do. Keep me full, satisfied with what's going on around me. Let me play. Yeah, but here's the problem. You can't stay. What are you going to do when you leave? You know the hardest thing for people to hear? I used to, when I preached revivals years ago, every Thursday night nearly was hell night. And you know why I think God preached Thursday night hell night? It's the biggest crowd. Usually the largest crowd was on Thursday night. Because the ones that couldn't make it the rest of the week, they felt obligated to make it one night so they'd make it the night before Friday and, and Thursday night was just the big night. And I preached on hell nearly every Thursday. And I didn't just say, well, I'm going to preach on hell this Thursday. When I prayed, sought the Lord, the Spirit of God guided my heart, and I'm telling you, Randy, you was with me in a lot of them. Turn the page, there it is. Preaching out of Luke. You know the hardest thing for people? It's hard for them to hear, but look here. Here's the way it is. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll never make it to heaven. And according to that book, and I'm basing everything I got on that, Eli, everything I got, I'm putting in that book. And without the Lord Jesus Christ, eternity, and the Bible called it the second death, the lake of fire. That's hard to hear. That's a hard thing to listen to. But many went back and followed him no more. Too hard. Too hard, I'm not listening to that. Listen, just because you don't know it doesn't make it not true. You can't change God. God is good. Can't change the fact God is good. He's full of grace and mercy. Say, well, I ain't much of a God. 
If he'd let me die and go to hell, he won't let you. You go yourself. He done everything he could do to keep you out of there. He gave his only begotten son. I wouldn't give my son for you. And I love you as my congregation, but you couldn't have Dusty. What if we come to Bob Taze and said, hey, if you'll let old Bryce be crucified, we'll let all the sinners go free. Bob Taze tell you, say, keep them in jail. You're not getting my son. What if we ask Jimmy Robinson? Said, hey, you give old Jake. How about giving Jake up? We'll just take Jake and you can let all the bad people go. Forget it. What if God said, you give me Colin Boyd and all the bad people won't have to go to hell. I'd say, let them go. You can't have him. He's mine. But you know what the king of glory done? Before the foundation of the world. If we make these people, it's going to require a perfect sacrifice to bring him to a holy God. If we create these people, they're never going to get here without you. One of us is going to have to go. And Jesus knew it before we ever created the earth. All things were made by him. And you know what he said? I'll go. Yeah, but Mike McCoy's a heathen. Yeah, but I love him. I love him. He ain't even been born yet, yet, but he's going to be. <clears throat> Let me give you election and free will right here. The, the great debate of the age in the church. Are we elected or are we free moral agents? He says, he says no man can come unto me except the Father with us sent me draw him. Those, of, those that think they're by election says, well, he drew you. That's how you know you were elected. And the free will says, yeah, but you had to come. You know the answer to the problem? Here's what J. Vernon McGee said. He said, when you come, you've been elected. Settles the question. You want to come this morning? Or is this a hard saying? It's just too hard to listen to. I'm not going to go to hell. You are if you've not been born again. Where you get that idea? Oh, that same book Jesus said. He said, hey, look, you eat me, you take a bite of me, and you'll have eternal life. You can have eternal life through and by Christ only. You won't, you won't get there because you're a good guy, because you work hard, because you provide for your family, because you take care of your elderly neighbor. You won't get there for those reasons. Those are good moral things to do. But you know how you get there? Because you come to Calvary and got washed in the blood of the Lamb and took a bite. In Exodus chapter 12, I'm about winding down, Brenda comes in. In Exodus chapter 12, there had to be a lamb for every house. And they didn't, just, they didn't just roast that lamb, they had to eat it. That's a picture of what Jesus is talking about in John 6 because he is the lamb. Slain from the foundation of the world. And you know what he says to somebody in this section today? You ought to come. 
You ought to come. You know what he says to somebody in this section today? You ever been born again? You don't go to heaven? You don't get there but one way. Has the world deceived you? Are you living out there far away? Don't know Christ? You won't get there. You ought to come. You know what he says over here? You know Christ? You've been born again? You had that experience? You come to him as a broken, sorry, low-down sinner and begged his forgiveness? That's what new birth is. If you have, you can go. If you haven't, can't go. Over here he says to someone, do you know him in the free pardon of sin? Have you, have you, have you called him? Have you publicly confessed him as Christ and Lord? You deny me before men? Jesus said, I'll deny you before the Father. And there's only one mediator between us and God, the man, Christ Jesus. Play me something, Brenda. Hard things to hear. So, and I, I know I'm on overtime, but I'm not apologizing today. So, when Pat and I moved back here from Alabama, I was in the Coast Guard down in Mobile. Most of you know my story. And we moved back here, and things were kicking around. Brother Brant's got me a job with Steve Galloway. I, I worked with Ronnie Cox up on Renegade Mountain. Pat was pregnant. I didn't know a thing about electricity or how to bend conduit. Ronnie taught me how to bend conduit. I didn't know anything, but there was not a call for helicopter mechanics in Crossville. And thing was kicking on pretty good. Dusty was born. We were barely making it, but we was happy. And one day at my mama's house, she said this to me. She said, I've got a knot under my arm. And she said, I'm pretty sure it's cancer. And you know where I was at that time in my life? I was so far away from God, I couldn't pray. I couldn't pray. She went to the doctor, and they went through all the steps, done all the things. And we thought the problem was secured. Was it six months, Pat? Maybe. She said, I've got another knot. And now I'm mad. I'm mad at God. I'm mad at the world. There are only two women in my life I ever loved. One of them sitting right there and the other one's in heaven. Not that I don't love you, but it's a different thing. It's, it's, it's in Christ. 
And I watched her swivel up and die a horrible death. But I knew what the Bible said. And I said, why don't some of these preachers bring a bottle of oil over here and anoint you and you'd get better? I found out later, Dr. Brother Couch from out Memorial Baptist had done that very thing. Went to the house. Brought somebody with him. Anointed mama. She left. You know why? Because you can't stay. Do you know what I live on today? With this assurance that she's in the place where I'm going. You say, I'm pretty sure about that. Read my lips. I'm going. You don't know that? Oh, yes, I do. Look, here's the question Do you know that? Do you know that? Are you sure about that? Or is these things too hard to listen to? Marcus, get that that song. We're going to stand and we're going to sing and I know I've held you long but I'm telling you oh God I've held you long but you're never going to make a more important decision than you've got the opportunity to make right now I'm talking about eternal life or death it's up to you it's your call I can't make you take it listen you understand it the question is will you accept it or is it too hard while we sing Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.